Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. Massachusetts vaping sales ban can stand but needs fixes, judge says. A Massachusetts judge declined to immediately halt a ban on the sale of vaping products adopted after an outbreak of e-cigarette-related lung injuries, but he said the state must redo the ban and get public comment this time. The ruling by Suffolk County Superior Court Judge Douglas Wilkins in Boston was a partial victory for Republican Governor uh, Charlie Baker, who through an executive order last month adopted the toughest sales ban of any state in response to the outbreak. But Suffolk County Superior Court Judge Douglas Wilkins said Baker likely overreached his authority in issuing the order and said he would bar the state from enforcing the ban on nicotine vaping product sales unless several defects were addressed. Wilkins nevertheless concluded that immediately halting the ban, as the industry trade group Vapor Technology Association wanted through its lawsuit challenging the September 24th order, would contravene the public interest. The judge gave Baker's administration until October the 28th to reissue the ban through an emergency regulation and said the state must also provide a chance for vape shops and other members of the public to comment. And Wilkins said nothing in his ruling would affect the ban's application to products containing THC, the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana which is legal in the state, or black market products. Lizzie Guyton, a spokeswoman for the, ba- uh, for the Baker administration, maintained the order was properly issued and was uh, exploring the next steps. Tony Abood, VTA's executive director, said it regretted the ruling and would seek to block the ban, uh, which the group has called an existential threat to the state's $331 million nicotine vaping products sector. At least 1,479 e-cigarette-related lung injury cases have been reported nationally to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. It says most cases have been linked to products containing THC, particularly those obtained off the street. In its lawsuit, Washington-based VTA argued that Baker's emergency order was an unconstitutional overreach and was arbitrary as it claimed to target youth vaping and the outbreak by banning all sales to anyone in the state regardless of age. Several other states, including Michigan, New York, Washington, Oregon, and Rhode Island, have recently moved to restrict sales of flavored e-cigarettes, saying they pose a health risk to teenagers. Courts in New York, Oregon, and Michigan have since put those states' bans on hold following lawsuits. And now on to my colleague, Claire. Thanks, Bob. 
Plants become the new children, or plant parents. Animals are not the only ones that generate a whole culture around infancy. Plants could also be treated like babies. By Luz Lancheros. There is a lot of buzz about how traditional families are transforming. Millennials, due to various economic and social factors, cannot adapt to the models of previous generations. High price of housing, precarious labor market, new forms of consumption, etc., including, of course, delaying paternity or ignoring it all and taking care of pets instead of or plants. Yes, plants. In recent years, these have become as important as pets in North America alone. Earnings of the per market, pet market, are expected to grow up to $281 billion by 2023, according to a study by Edge Essential. There are also specialized pages and Twitter accounts that provide all kinds of services to animals. And many people consider themselves parents of their animals, calling them children. Something similar happens with plants. Those who love to take care of them are now plants' parents. According to the latest report from the WGSN Global Macro Agency, it is a growing market with its own needs. Excessive urban growth and the fact of living in an era of uncertainty make many millennials want to reconnect with nature and take care of plants as a therapeutic method. This speaks of how the forms of consumption have changed. Before we were buying spices or aromatic herbs, now we are growing them at home to lower ex the expenses, says Maria Pasqua, a consultant at WGSN, as explained to the Metro. There are already people who define themselves as plants' parents. Instagram already features more than 9,000 publications using the term, and the images show all kinds of plants that grow in urban and small spaces. There are also specialized services on several websites to sow, grow, and care for them, even with basic advice. And, of course, you can find plant fluences famous for cultivating them. For example, the SIL has 609,000 followers with the motto, Plants Make People Happy. The account shows plants in various spaces. There's a portal on which they sell them and give tips on how to take care of them, just like the SIL. There are several influencers who want to return green spaces and give knowledge to those who want to have their own plants or, quote, new children. Now, over to Tom. Thank you, Claire. Ceremony and Parade to Celebrate New Memorial by Joanna Cade Zubelis. Belmont now has one location in town commemorating all Belmont veterans from all the wars since the Civil War, including the war with Spain, World War I, World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War, the Southwest Asia conflict, and the War on Terrorism. After four years of planning and fundraising, the committee behind the efforts to create a Belmont Veterans Memorial at Clay Pit Pond are getting ready to celebrate making the vision a reality. 
There will be a parade beginning at 10.15 a.m. at the World War I Memorial on Saturday, November 2nd, to the new memorial site at Clay Pit Pond. The unveiling ceremony will commence at 11 a.m. The new Veterans Memorial is an expansion of the original memorial installed more than 70 years ago, which consisted of a flag and one engra engraved stone. The engraved black stones arrived earlier this month and were recently set in place overlooking Clay Pit Pond. The centerpiece of the memorial, placed in front of the flagpole, has the town seal, as well as the seals of each of the military service organizations and the names of all the Belmont residents who died serving in the conflicts beginning with the Civil War through today. The project was funded through a $100,000 grant from the Belmont Savings Bank Foundation, as well as $103,000 from community preservation funds, and other sponsors including former selectman Ralph Jones and the McVeigh family. Close to 400 bricks and several benches were purchased from donors honoring family members. Approximately 20 bricks honoring Belmont veteran Edward Teddy Lee are grouped together at the memorial site. He served two tours in Vietnam and received two Purple Hearts, one Silver Star, and a posthumous Bronze Star for his service. Many of his friends are expected to attend the memorial dedication on November 2nd. The courts at Town Field will be dedicated in his name at 9 a.m. the same day. The stone at the entrance to the memorial honors Lieutenant General Robert F. Foley, Belmont High School Class of 1959, who served in the U.S. Army and was awarded the Medal of Honor for Conspicuous Gallantry in Action in the Republic of Vietnam on November 5, 1966. Veterans Memorial Committee member Joe White, Belmont veteran and town meeting member, helped oversee the installation of the stones at the, at the memorial site. Quote, I think it looks spectacular, said White. Going on, I hoped it's visited often and the veterans appreciate it. I appreciate it, he said. Another Veterans Memorial Committee member, Bill French Sr., said it's a labor of love. Quote, Belmont's history is down here all in one place. It's long overdue. It's something I hope everyone is proud of, he said. French thinks it's important for current and future generations to visit the memorial and learn about it because of the sacrifices that were given for them to be free by all the people whose names are on the stones. And now back to Bob. Thank you, Thomas. Dyslexia, the movie, screened in Belmont by Joanna K. Zavallis. October is Dyslexia Awareness Month, and there's a group of parents in Belmont hoping the screening of Dyslexia, the movie, will help people understand the condition and how it affects individuals and their families. Decoding Dyslexia, Belmont, and the Belmont Special Education Parent Advisory Council showed the movie at, uh, on Sunday, the 27th of October, at the Belmont Public Library on uh, Concord Avenue. Dyslexia is a light-hearted documentary with a serious purpose. Featured in the movie are actors who have dyslexia, Billy Bob Thornton and Joe Pantaleo. Belmont resident Kathy Craig and her husband have dyslexia, as well as their two children. She said the movie is very uplifting and benefits both parents and children. 
According to Craig, the director explores the nature of how people learn and interviews world-renowned brain scientists, researchers who give insightful information on the complex issues of learning differences in a manner that allows the audience to recognize the differences and honor the gifts in everyone. As a SPED parent, we always hear what's wrong with our child. The movie addresses the challenges and heartbreak that goes along with dyslexia diagnosis, but also draws attention to many of dyslexia's strengths, said Craig. According to the International Dyslexia Association, dyslexia is a learning disability, neurobiological in origin. It is characterized by difficulties with accurate and or fluent word recognition and by poor spelling and decoding abilities. It also causes problems with reading comprehension and due to reducing reading experience can impede growth of vocabulary and background knowledge. Decoding Dyslexia Belmont, in partnership with Decoding Dyslexia in Massachusetts and the Belmont SEPAC, hopes to raise awareness and educate others about the characteristics of dyslexia. The need for early screening, the latest science and best practices and services available to help children learn and thrive in school. Legislation recently passed in Massachusetts required public schools to screen children for dyslexia in kindergarten and first grade, said Craig. Decoding Dyslexia Massachusetts was instrumental in advocating for this legislation, along with State Senator William Brownsberger and State Representative David Rogers, she said. And now over to my colleague, Claire. Thanks, Bob. The Stranger Will Thrill Agatha Christie Fans by Joanna K. Zavellas. If you like mystery, horror, romance, and live theater, there's an opportunity to see a performance that brings all of these elements together on one stage. The Belmont Dramatic Club presents The Stranger on November 2nd and 3rd at the Payson Park Church, 365 Belmont Street, Belmont. The Stranger is based on Agatha Christie's short story, Philomel Cottage. A young man returns after several years abroad to marry his fiancée. A stranger comes to rent her soon-to-be-empty flat. The story takes a frightening twist when the couple move to a country cottage. Full of true Agatha Christie suspense, The Stranger is a killer show, said director Cheryl Ann Welch. The six-person cast includes residents from Belmont, Lexington, Wellesley, Malden, Blackstone, and Mission Hill. The Belmont Dramatic Club is a nonprofit organization founded in 1903 and is the second oldest continuously operating and performing community theater group in the United States, according to Welch. Three highlights. One, contrasting characters. Agatha Christie is known for her characterization, and in The Stranger, she places six people who could not be more contrasting. Do we ever really know someone, asks one character of another. Two, a sudden shock. Suspense and often shock are part of Dame Agatha's works, and the stranger's characters provide plenty of both with the prerequisite surprise ending. Three, surprise ending. Agatha Christie and the Thriller fans, there's a suspenseful 
fast-paced rising action leading to a surprising ending. Why someone should attend. Anyone interested in great drama, breathless suspense, and especially Agatha Christie should see The Stranger. Albeit one of her lesser-known plays, this has all the characteristics of Dame Agatha's works, clues, murder, suspense, and surprises. Do we ever really know anyone? Come find out what happens when you don't, said Welch. Belmont Dramatic Club will present The Stranger on November 2nd at 8 p.m., November 3rd and 4 at 4 p.m., $20 per person for general admission, cash or check only at the door, beginning one hour before opening. Now over to, to Tom. Thank you, Claire. Police Honor Retiring Captain by Joanna Cates of Ellis. The Belmont Police honored retiring Captain J. Peter Herr on October 11th for his 26 years of service to the town. Herr was appointed as a Belmont police officer on July 4, 1993, and promoted to the rank of sergeant in 1995. He became a lieutenant in 2001 and was promoted to the rank of captain in 2007. Belmont Police Chief Richard McLaughlin presented Herr with a proclamation from the town of Belmont, a plaque, and a badge. State Representative David Rogers and State Senator William Brownsberger presented him with citations from the House of Representatives and the State Senate, respectively. Quote, He's been an integral part of the command staff in helping me and the Assistant Chief and former Assistant Chief through many years. On a personal note, he's helped me through a lot of trying times with his knowledge and tidbits of information, said McLaughlin. Rogers said he often saw her at many public events, always a familiar presence, and always ready, willing, and able to help. Quote, I've seen you serve the community in so many different ways with such intelligence, such commitment, such dedication and integrity, said Brownsberger. Sergeant Ben Malotte, a member of the Massachusetts National Guard, also presented her with a Patriotic Employer Award from the Office of the Secretary of Defense and the employer support of the Guard and Reserve. Other special guests at HERS retirement celebration were retired Belmont Police Chief Andrew O'Malley and former Acting Chief, retired Assistant Chief Richard Lane. O'Malley gave her a personalized crystal decanter and old-fashioned glasses set, which they broke in with an orange juice toast to the tune of for he's a jolly good fellow, sung by O'Malley. And back to Bob. Thank you, Thomas. Dump truck rolls over on Pleasant Street at approximately 2.30 p.m. on October the 15th. A D. Mazzoli landscaping dump truck filled with dirt rolled over on the Route 2 East Ramp at exit 59 Pleasant Street in Belmont, according to Massachusetts State Police. The 27-year-old driver, a Mattapan man, suffered minor injuries and was transported to the Mount Auburn Hospital. The cause is under investigation. According to Dante Mazzoli, who founded the landscaping company 40 years ago, he is thankful the driver was wearing his seatbelt. He said his vehicles are frequently checked for safety, and this one passed inspection. The driver had a valid license, according to Mazzoli. And now on to my colleague, Claire. Thanks, Bob. Lots collected for Belmont Food Pantry by Joanna K. Zavellis. 
Columbus Day in Belmont is also a day of service organized by the Belmont Religious Council, Belmont Serves. Approximately 1,300 bags of food were collected and sorted at the town hall parking lot for the Belmont Food Pantry on October 14th. According to Joe Zaro, pastor of Plymouth Congregational Church and Belmont Serves co-chairman, it was one of the best food drives in Belmont Serves history. Not only did the food pantry get its fill, we also loaded a truck and a half for Lazarus House in Lawrence, said Zaru. Other community service activities throughout the day included landscaping at the Burbank, Wellington, Butler, and Winbrook Elementary Schools, as well as Belmont Public Library and Clay Pit Pond. Zaro said the weather was perfect for the event. Now, over to Tom. Thank you, Claire. Overtime Win for BHS Football by Joanna K. Zavellis. The Belmont High School Marauders football team now stands at 2-5 and five after winning its second game in a row on October 18th against Arlington, 35-33 in overtime. Quote, It was a great, hard-fought game. We're proud we were able to come away with a victory and that we were able to keep fighting through four quarters and an overtime to get it, unquote, said Coach Jan Kuman. He said he's proud of how everyone on the team contributed to the victory, especially their offensive line. Running back Chad Francis had 267 yards on 23 carries and two touchdowns, and Avery Arno threw for two touchdowns and ran for one. In preparation for their next game, Kuman said they need to get back to their defensive identity because they've been a good defensive team all year. Kuman said the team's games against Arlington have been very close over the years, but with a win in Friday over his six years, they are 2-4 and four against them. Last year, Arlington won by three in the last seconds of the game. Quote, In 2016, we won on an Aiden Cadogan field goal with time expiring. Last year, Arlington won by three in the last seconds of the game, and obviously we won in overtime on Friday, so three of those six games have been decided by a combined total of eight points, which is pretty cool, said Cummin. And back to Bob for the wrap-up. Along with my colleagues Claire and Thomas, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont. <laughs>